0: Well, this morning, we find ourselves in James chapter 3. Matter of fact, if you look at the text, it's the first 12 verses in the third chapter. This is one of those sections. Matter of fact, I've already heard from one of our faithfuls this morning, Miss Nancy, that had surgery this week. She said, PK, I'm so sad that I'm not going to be in worship today. I love to gather with my faith family, and my favorite book in all the scripture is the book of James. And then I told her, hey, guess what? We have a podcast. You can watch, you can, or Vimeo's been on a little, uh, on strike there. But uh, but she can listen to this. So, Nancy, we love you whenever you hear this. Okay. All right, look there with me. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And we're just looking at this. We're calling this today, Tongue Trouble. How many of you have tongue trouble? Yeah. All of you should raise your hand. I mean some of us like that speak a lot, a lot of us that are loquacious, a lot of us that are verbose. We do it a lot. We need help. So I wrote a little message truth. I want you to show me your worship guide. Somebody handed one of these to you when you came in. Somebody went, I didn't want it. Okay, whatever. And I went to a funeral the other day and they were fanning people. So you could do that if you wanted to. All oh, this room is pretty cool. I don't think you need it. But look at the message truth. Matter of fact, there is are sitting down. Why don't you read it with me? Ready? You're greatest enemy is not in your home not in your job not that person at church who gets on your last nerve but in your own mouth the three inch muscle has power to destroy your life than anything or anyone else man it does have great power to destroy us and it's it's it only weighs about two to three ounces it's such a small part of our body weight and yet we find that this tongue internally externally it has muscles it has no skeleton did you know that your tongue never complains about joint pain And the church said amen but here's what I've learned about the tongue other people complain about the tongue trouble you give them the lashing and so I did some research and study I thought this is great it, it, it you know the tongue the tongue pushes things down it chews it pushes the food under the molars It has taste buds and at the very front of your tongue the very front the tip of your tongue That's where we taste Sweet and salty. Do I have any takers? How many of you love sweet and salty stuff? It's because of the front of your tongue that how God has created us that we have the ability to have those sensations And we love it in the sides of the tongue You know what they do their taste buds there? They are the ones that give us the sour flavor. How many of you like sour stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, that's good. Now, here's what I've learned. In the back of the tongue, the very back of the tongue, you know what it does? It tastes the bitter. And I think it's interesting God put that on the back. But a lot of times when we exercise the bitter, it's the first thing to come out, isn't it? And the bitter stings and the bitter hurts. But it's amazing how God... Has made us that we're wonderfully and fearfully and created in the image of our God. The rabbis of the Old Testament, if you looked at a particular verse, it's not in your notes, just write down Psalm 64, verse 3. The word of God says, They sharpen their tongues like swords, and they aim their bitter words like arrows. It says, the tongue is like an arrow. And the reason is, is that the tongue could be far away. You know, like an arrow, it wouldn't be right up on you. It would be, and it would travel from a distance, and you could shoot it, and it could cause great damage. It would bring such uh, damage to, to the victim that it was targeted toward. And I think my tongue and your tongue is just like that. It has the ability to praise God. It has the ability to destroy. So every one of us, listen to this, every one of us today is carrying a concealed weapon. You're going, I am not. I do not have a permit. Well, I would just say this and do not ask people. There are people in this room that have concealed weapons and I do not want to know. I did that years ago. I asked some people, and I found out there was a lot more firepower in here than I needed to know about. And so uh, our our federal agent over there is going to be checking your license on the way out the door today. No, no, he's not. But here's what I do want to know. We have a concealed weapon inside of our bodies, inside of our mouth our tongue and man can it do damage it can annihilate marriages and friendships and churches and nations it's powerful and somebody once says that we speak somewhere from 18 to 30,000 words a day I won't tell you who speaks more what sex but you guess but I'm not picking on any women because I know I'm that's not funny I know I talk a lot Somebody's like, yeah, you speak enough for me on Sunday. When I get home, I just, ah, Lord, I don't want to hear nothing. But I've heard some of you, and you're louder than me. Ha, 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 that's funny. Anyway, here's what I know. Our words are a tattletale of our heart. They really tell us. In Psalm 39, verse 1, it says, I will guard my ways that I might not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. You know what it is to put a muzzle on your dog, on your pet, and to control that? And God says, that's what I want to do for the church. That's what I want to do for believers. I want to put a muzzle on their mouth. But yet, what I've learned walking with Christ over the decades, we don't tend to pay much attention to the Scripture when it talks about the tongue. We just tend to let it rip, let it fly, gossip, slander, lying, exaggeration. In the world, we call those respectable sins. I'll assure you, my Jesus and your Jesus, doesn't call them respectable sins they do damage and they do as much damage as adultery or drunkenness or theft or whatever but we think well they're respectable but they're not and slander write down james 4 verse 11 we'll get there in a couple weeks but do not speak against slander one another brethren one translation brethren means the household the body of faith those that are in christ jesus and and yet It's so easy to want to feel a little up then, a little more superior then, a little better then, and we put somebody down, and in the process, when you and I put others down, we show how much we really understand the love of God, that they have been created in the image of Christ. You know, that's one of the things I want to do in my life, is I want to look at all men and women as ones that Christ died for. Maybe they've got more, maybe they've got less education. Maybe they've got more hair, maybe they got less hair. <laughs> it wouldn't be very hard to have more hair in Pastor G. Maybe they've got more of this, maybe they got less of that. It doesn't matter. Christ called us to love all people. So in the psalm, I'm going to give you a lot of different verses to go along with this section because he talks about the tongue. In Psalm 15, verses 1 through 3, hear the word of the Lord. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. They speak the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. And we could sit here the whole morning and just read scriptures where God speaks about ordering and directing our tongue, our speech patterns. It tells me that God is serious. With the word, God spoke the earth, the world into existence. With our words, we speak life into people or death. We choose life, death, or death, destruction, or life. And so our words have such captivating power in the science. They even say that words that go out They never come back. They just continue to travel through all these atmospheres and galaxies or whatever They're just I'm just saying oh god. I don't have to answer for that. So here's what I'd say practically God's wanting you and I to put the brakes on our words Remember when you're riding your bicycle and you put the brakes on did you ever have a bicycle that didn't have a brake? I remember when we went from regular bikes to ones that had gears and three speeds. And that shows how old I am. And three-speed bicycles were really cool. And I remember I had a, a, a little Stingray bike with a three-speed. I thought it was really cool. So in those bikes, you know, the, 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 uh, the pedals, they just freestyle. You go backwards, forward, with the way it's geared. And so you don't have a foot brake. You have to have hand brakes. I remember one day I was out, I was riding really fast. My handbrakes went out. That meant Keith did not have brakes. Watch out. And I don't think I crashed. I think I was able to. But I mean, it was a little scary. Of course, you know you know about having brakes. But listen to this. I read this story. I thought it was interesting. A guy from the Atlanta Constitution years ago, his name is Morgan Blake. And he says, our tongues are more deadly than the screaming shell from a howitzer. Without killing, I tear down homes, break hearts, and wreck lives. I travel on the wings of wind. No innocence innocence is strong enough to intimidate me. No purity pure enough to daunt me. I have no regard for the truth, no respect for justice, no mercy for the, the defenseless. My victims are as numerous as the sands of the sea, and as often as innocent, I never forget and seldom forgive. My name is Gossip. I'm just amazed how slander gossip lying of course we would say respectable would be exaggerating just a little lie you know preachers are really good at that we exaggerate crowds sometimes up or down and so that's when I try to stay, people that know me, like, man, he, now he really tries to stay on it. I mean, I, I do, because I, I realize, like, well, God, that's even a sin to you. You want me to just tell the truth? Like, man, if there were 30 people there, we had 30 people there. You know, like, I don't know, somewhere under 500, you know, it was, it was a nice crowd, you know. Like, well, Keith, you, you weren't even close, you know. But right in this first blank, verses, these verses 1 through 8, you just kind of see the damaging life that our tongue can cause one another. In, in, in Luke six forty-five, it says, For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. It's that which is the overflow. In the scripture, the tongue is described as wicked, deceitful, perverse, filthy, corrupt, flattering, slanderous, gossiping, foolish, boasting, complaining, cursing, contentious, sensual, vile. How many are depressed already? That's what our speech does. It does all those things. It participates. And yet, God has given us the tongue to edify, to build up one another. Just this weekend, my devotional, one of the things that I read, I think our daily bread, he talked about the tongue. He was talking about speech. I thought, that's interesting. That's what I'm preaching on this weekend. And it talks about we all need encouragement. We all need somebody to build us up. Maybe today in body life, somebody will build you up or speak a word of truth or hope or life or encouragement or this afternoon. I know we Don and I last weekend we were away, grateful to Dr. Jeff Heath that loves our church, was a part of it when they lived here. And he, as he came and delivered, Don and I were able to celebrate our 40th anniversary and grateful for my life partner and life and ministry. And yet many people, our daughter had, had so many people write us notes just of our marriage and mint stuff. And so this week we've been writing cards. Some of you wrote cards. We're grateful. Who doesn't, let me ask you this, who doesn't need an encouraging word? Who doesn't need somebody to speak something positive over you? And the church said, and the church said, I mean, we need it. Like, man, yeah, I just want people to be negative. If, if I can find some negative people, I want to be a part of their church. Well, you do not. I mean, so we, we want to, Lord, we want to surrender your cyber, your overall. Lord, help our yes be yes and our no be no. Lord, we want to run after you. But Lord, Lord, I can't tame my tongue. And we'll, and we'll see why in a minute. So the chain connecting the tongue and the heart it's kind of tough, and sometimes we, we get a disconnect. And yet, here's what I'm trying to say this morning. Somehow God wants us together and individually to confront our sin and to confront our speech patterns that they might be more pleasing. I know as I've been meditating and reflecting on so many verses all the last two weeks, thinking about this message, God's been speaking to me. And sometimes I've had some victories, and the Bible says here in James, some stumble and fall. There is progress. You are making progress. I pray as you mature and grow in Christ. But if we're honest, sometimes we stumble, sometimes we fall, but we get back up and we confess and we say, Lord, bridle our tongue. Even in the first chapter of James, verse 26, he talks about if anybody thinks he's religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. All through this book, he talks about our speech. All through the scriptures, it's a big deal to God. And right now, I don't want to get off on this, but I'll just say this. We live in a a tough, trying difficult political climate where people edify one another they do not man sometimes i hear so much rhetoric and i just cut it off how many of you just cut it off sometimes i can't take it anymore like man could you say something about his mama now you've already just said everything about him i mean it's like oh it's just bad so god help us to be in a season where like we give so much of a piece of our mind to everybody let me let me tell you something Some of us don't have a piece of our mind to give away. (laughs) And we give it anyway. And then now, it's not just our tongue. We live in social media frenzy. And it's scary of how little kids, there used to be, by the time a kid was four or five years old, they had maybe six, they had 600 words in their vocabulary. And parents, listen to me, parents, it is your responsibility to teach your kids about Jesus and your responsibility to teach kids words. It is not Google or Or somebody else, hello? You need, because kids are being exposed to words they do not know. And the church said, God, we teach them words. I love being around my grandkids as their vocabulary expounds weekly. And even little man, Finn, he's starting to string little words together. I love to hear that little tongue. But I know one day, he's probably going to have some words like, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap if you say that. You're saying, but you're his granddaddy. That's why I'm going to do it, because I want him to be good. But here's what I know about Keith one day for me and you i will answer for my words the less i have to say the less i have to answer <laughs> in verse two for we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble on what he says he's a perfect man and he's able to bridle his whole body the folks closest to us know that we need a clean up so we need to admit lord i don't want to argue with you i, I need help i need guidance i stumble i say dumb things i make foolish decisions i get angry too quickly i'm slow to forgive i make hasty judgments i criticize without knowing the facts i speak before i listen i use words as weapons i stumble lord help me help me help me sometimes god my tongue goes rogue maybe yours does too and other people know it but by the grace of jesus the tongue can come under control but without the grace of god we're in trouble brian bill said this with our tongue we express or we repress we release or we restrain we enlighten we obscure we adore or we abhor we offend or befriend we affirm or alienate we build or belittle comfort or criticize delight or destroy how are you doing with your tongue oh man pk i need some help and then in the scripture and if we had an hour i would go into this he talks about the horse in the bit, the bridle in his mouth, and he talks about the big, massive ship and the small rudder, both that give direction. A horse, a thousand, fifteen hundred pounds, and how that bridle has that muzzle and it can control him, and that rudder controls that big ship. And we see these massive illustrations that God says it needs to be controlled. And then, as I was reading and researching all week, I just kept running across that same story. It's like it's like one of the most popular. Illustrations whenever you talk about the tongue is the great Chicago fire of 1871. Miss O'Leary's cow kicked over the candlestick and the fire broke out. And when it did, out of the O'Leary barn, 17,500 buildings were, were destroyed in Chicago. And Chicago was much smaller than it is today. And it shows the power of fire, of a little spark. We used to sing a song, if you're my age. It only takes a spark. I know some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, we used to sing it, and can I tell you, I thought it was cheesy then. (laughs) And now, in almost 2020, it's super cheesy. And we'd hold hands, it only takes a spark. And then we'd sing Kumbaya. Thank Jesus that we have revolutionized with a great. And one day, if somebody looks at our movement and says, man, did you hear that song? I don't think it'll ever be as cheesy as what I was raised up on, okay? But it only takes a spark to get a fire going. It only takes a spark of my tongue to set the little hells, the fires of hell in action. And Lord, I want to have, filled in, verses 9 through 12, a determining life. I want to have a life that's determined and directed and guided by you, God. It takes a baby a little bit of time to learn how to talk and formulate words. And yet, it takes us 50 Plus years, a lifetime, to learn how to be quiet. You remember? I can't wait till they talk to this little girl, to this little boy talks. It is going to be great. In about a year, 18 months, two years in, you're going, hey, y'all be quiet back there. Why don't you take a nap? Why don't you watch a movie? Why don't we have some quiet time? Why don't we just practice? Everybody close your eyes and hide. You know, that's what I love about kids. You go, now, I'm going to hide. Close your eyes. And yet, you're, they think if you've got your eyes closed, you're hidden. Man, don't you just wish it was that easy. All right, fill in these blanks. Here it is. Number one, think before you speak. So common in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. God, help me and my friends to hold our tongues. Proverbs thirteen three. The Proverbs are full of Scripture admonitions. He he who guards his lips, guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. We'll come to damaging. We'll come to destruction. if we, Here would be the thing I just write in the margin. It is better sometimes to bite your tongue. Have you ever bit your tongue before? Oh, man, it hurts. And sometimes I bit my tongue more than once, and then after it swells, you bite it again. Oh, but I don't say ugly words. I just go, oh, I don't like biting my tongue. Somebody said, well, if you wouldn't talk so much, you wouldn't bite it. Okay, hello, hello. Y'all thought that was funny, huh? Okay, here we go. Proverbs 17, 27, write it down. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. Proverbs 17, 28, that's 27. 28 says, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent, discerning if he holds his tongue. See, some people, because they're quieter, we think they're smarter than they really are, but at least they are smart enough to hold their tongue in check. But let me say this to you, because you're thinking, Well, I'm an introvert and quiet. Glory to God, the rest of you should be like me, and we should be in some ways. But then sometimes there is a time that we need to speak and not be silent, and the church said, and the church said, in this culture today, there's times that we need to stand up for Christ, that we need to stand up for righteousness and suffer persecution and suffering, if it be. And there's other times we need to be like our other friends and just be quiet let the holy spirit always control the tongue that somehow we find strength for the journey as we go with christ god we need you i found this little thing i loved it it's called the t k n t k n write it down here's a t these are the little thing little acronym little thing we we should maybe help formulate in our mind before we speak number t the t is is it true god is this truth is this true do i really need to speak this and sometimes it's because it's truth. That I mean we need to speak it right then. But God, is it truth? The K is, is it kind? Will this edify? Will this encourage? Will this build it up? And then N, N. Is it necessary? Do I need to speak this word over this group, over these people? T-K-N. Just a little quick way. All right, look at this. Determining. Think before you speak. Look at point two here. Yield your tongue to God. You know when you're driving in the car and you come up on one of them yield signs? What do you do? Hit the gas, baby. No, you, you kind of come to a slow... Jimmy, don't criticize me on that. He's an MPD. He don't give us tickets. You know, when I see yield, I just kind of keep going, baby. But I do. I slow down, I look, and I check it out. And God wants us to yield. He wants us to surrender our tongues to Him. We can't tame it. And, and all these things and these thoughts and the overflow of the heart, it comes, and that's why we need clean hands and pure hearts, and we need to meditate on Scripture. But Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. One old great Baptist preacher said one time, what goes down in the well comes up in the bucket. I went, man, that's pretty good theology. What goes down in the well comes up in the bucket, and it dies. And my bucket sometimes got some junk in it. And other people are like, I know, because I got to receive it. And how many of us in this room have regrets for things we said and wish we had never said? And how many of us have regrets because there are things we should have said and we didn't say? That could be with a lost loved one. We didn't tell them enough or we didn't tell them we love them, or we forgave them, or whatever. It's just, just this week. In the last two or three weeks, I've been to six funerals. My roommate from seminary, his wife, died. I was at their funeral this week. I've been to a bunch of funerals through our church, related to our church, friends that I've had. But just this week, my daughter walks in on Thursday and says, Dad, did you hear? The man that owns Chick-fil-A right here, my friend Gary Sariano. His wife, Susan, immediately died. And now he's grieving. as They just opened up their son's new Chick-fil-A in Jacksonville, Florida, last week. We never know. When Our last days are so God help us to keep our tongues in check that today. We might edify and might speak here Here's a great thought You know campaigns and presidents and governors and I I don't you have enough money if you run for mayor They they get speech writers, okay, and you did you know this morning? God wants to be your and mine Speech writer God wants to edit our speeches and I'm going hallelujah. I need to surrender to that. How about you church? How many of you want God to be your speech writer? You better all raise your hand. And if you didn't, I'm like, I know, he ain't writing your speeches, I can tell. Because when God, I mean, God has made us, he, he, he offers that. I'll be your speech writer. So God, I want you to come near. Those songs, take my life and let it be, take my lives and let them be, filled with messages for thee. So how loose are we with words? How, how quick are you and I to share opinions to put others down? How quick are we to share sarcasm? I'll just share with you, friends. Sarcasm has no place, I think, in the body of Christ. And some people are like, "But that's my gift." It is not a spiritual gift. I've been trying to tell people that for years. It is. I have studied the scriptures a lot, and it is not on the chart to say have the gift of sarcasm. Elizabeth Elliot says, "Never pass up an opportunity to keep your mouth shut." I read that. I think I'm going to put that on my wall. Somebody's going to say, "Well, praise God." but we all need that it destroys everything good it goes against us the tongue is a fire we yield look at the third thing it reveals our tongues reveal our hypocrisy it just reveals we as christians need to we were very quick to excuse ourselves our our smartphones. our our, our, our products, they, they're quick to help us share a word that's not healthy and needed. And God says, I want you to slow down. Our, our tongues, they, they build up, but sometimes they, they poison our, our friendships. They, our tongues, if they're not under the bridle of the Holy Spirit, they bring rebellion to pass in our hearts and to other people. So God, we, we want you, Lord, who, how can I do that? How, how can I overcome hypocrisy? You can't. Only God can. Who can tame the tongue? Who can control the tongue? The Lord can. The Holy Spirit can move in our lives even this morning if we surrender to Him. And say, Lord Jesus, I made you Lord a long time ago or I made you Lord recently. But Lord, would you be Lord of my lips? Don't just be Lord of my heart, Lord of my life. But Lord, Lord of my life means you want to be the Lord of my lips. People need to hear a good word. Marriages and friendships and churches would heal this afternoon if Jesus became Lord of our lips. I'm convinced I would be better. Husbands and wives would have healing. Parent-kids relationships would heal up if we would admit and express that to him. Lord, be the Lord of my heart. Oh, Oh, but pastor, I lost my cool. Oh, God, help us to surrender that cool to you and speak from the overflow of the heart. Help us to not be independent of you. God, we need you, Lord. I don't. Want, I, I just want to surrender. I, I want to submit. But you know, you say, "But Pastor, I can't do that." You can't. No one is perfect, but Jesus, and Jesus can help me and He can help you if we ask Him continually. So, Lord, would you put a guard over our mouths? Would you put a muzzle over our lips and help us to think before we speak? Lord, help us to yield our tongue to You, and Lord, help our tongues not to reveal the hypocrisy that we fight daily help us to pursue you god so we need jesus we need the holy spirit proverbs 16 1 write it down the plans of the heart belong to man but the answer of the tongue is from the lord lord you can cure the tongue lord not hell but you can yield you can heal the tongue francis ridley havergal he wrote a song take my life and let it be Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee. Lord Jesus, come and transform our lips, our words this morning, that we speak words of life and blessing. In Psalm 39:1. I will guard my ways and I might not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then I want to share this with you as I close out today. What will come out of your mouth today? Oh God, check me, check us. Let it be pleasing in your sight, Lord. The meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouth, may they be acceptable to thee psalm 141 3 hear, hear the psalmist take control of what i say oh lord guard my lips oh god heal families today heal the church heal our communities heal our nation don't let people see satan in our speech but let them see wisdom in our words let them see power in our palate. Let them see God in our gums. (laughs) And let them see dynamite in our dentures. But Yeah, I thought that was for somebody. Okay. But God, let them see Christ. Let's pray. Lord, you are faithful. Thank you for speaking a convicting, challenging, but life-altering, life-giving word to us by faith this morning. Change us, oh God, one at a time. Guard our lips, guard our speech, guard our ways. Here it is, Lord. Guard our words. Guide the words that flow from our mouths. Guide them. And Lord, they, may they be received as godly words that build up. Lord, we love you and we need you. And we surrender to you in Christ Jesus. Amen.